This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'd like to welcome everyone to the worship of the Lord Christ this morning, especially those of you who are visiting with us today. You are our honored guest in the house of the Lord. And if everyone could take a moment to sign the friendship register and pass it along the pew. And everyone is welcome after the worship service to join us in a coffee hour through these doors and into the, the garden uh, room to join us for that. We have some special education series coming up for the adults. The seminarians will be leading that the next three weeks. So we hope that you will take some time and to join us for those ver that very special opportunity. Also, each week, uh, most every Wednesday at 6 p.m., we have a worship service here in the chancel. It's your chance to sit up there, to hear the organ from a new point of view, and to sing. It's at 6 p.m. in the evening. Our seminarians and pastors uh, take part in leading those worship services. And on occasion, we're blessed with the children singing, even as we will be blessed to hear them today. So we hope you'll join us for those Wednesday evening services. And now we have a moment for mission from Elder Valerie Mason. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Valerie Mason, and I'm delighted to be serving on this year's stewardship committee and to be here with you this morning to talk about the campaign. As many of you know, I am passionate about stewardship, and so please forgive me if my moment goes on a little bit longer than usual. Um, before I get to the campaign, I just wanted to speak about stewardship in general and to acknowledge two great stewards of Brick Church, Stuart and Neely Clifford. Their stewardship of this church set a quiet and generous example for all of us to follow. And I know that they're here with us as we talk about stewardship today. This year's campaign theme is woven together in God's love. We are the individual threads that when taken together make the beautiful and strong fabric that is Brick Church. Participation in stewardship is one of the foundations of membership in the Brick Presbyterian Church. It is stewardship that makes possible the worship and music services that we all love, our youth choir and children's programs, our, our con congregational fellowship events, both large and small, from coffee hour to the strawberry festival to the Park Avenue tree lighting. And it is the backbone of our outreach programs that serve so many in our congregation and those throughout the city of New York. Each year, we know that you and your family prayerfully consider your pledge. We know that you consider making a pledge. We want you all to make a pledge. It is all of us participating at the level that we know in our hearts that is right for our family and our faith, that makes our fabric as strong and beautiful as it can be. Some may say, well, we can't give X, so whether we make a pledge or not, we, we will not be missed. I am here to tell you that every pledge is important, and if you are not part of the stewardship campaign, we are missing you deeply and desperately. And while there may be many ways to make your pledge as time evolves, meaning electronically, by snail mail, however it is, I am encouraging you to come here on Pledge Dedication Sunday and be part 
of the spiritual glow of participating in the Stewardship Pledge Dedication Sunday here at BRIC. You will enjoy it immensely, and it will be a deep and meaningful part of your membership here at BRIC. Please experience that communal spirituality with us on October 29th as part of the Kirkin and O'Tartan experience. I know we will all be the better for it. May God bless you and keep you safe in this terrible world of war that surrounds us. Thank you.
Please stand as you're able and join your voices with me in our call to worship. Praise God. Give God thanks for God's love endures forever. God has not dealt with us as our sins deserve, but has brought us into righteousness and prosperity. May our merciful maker be praised now and always. God is unchanging. Was God yesterday, is God today, and forever will be. Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing God, thanks for bestowing so much goodness to your creatures and creation. We stand
extending all of this opportunity to worship in your presence. Thank you for the praises we bring and the songs we sing. Be exalted, God, along with your spirit and your beloved son, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
At this time, I'd like to invite forward all of our children for a children's message, and all sixth and seventh graders can head on up to the Carnegie Room. Come on up, so you all can hear the children's message too. But this message is for all of us. Does anybody remember what last week's children's message was about? I was wondering about that. Yeah, well, it was about the greatest commandment. First we talked about there's ten commandments. But then we talked about how Jesus told us about one of the most important commandments. Can anybody remember what that is? All right. It's good we're having this message today. Oh, we've got a hand. Tell me. That's a good one. So, yeah. Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. There we go. But then we talked about, is that on? No. I heard something. Sorry, Adam. There we go. So then we talked about who our neighbor was. Does anybody remember who we said is our neighbor? Everybody. That's the perfect short answer. Everybody is our neighbor. And so then we talked about, well, how do we love or show our neighbors that we love them? What were some ideas we came up with? Okay, tell us something about the greatest commandment. greatest commandment was to help everyone when they need help. And she just summed up this children's message perfectly. Because there are many people in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our states, in our country, and around the world who sometimes are hungry and don't quite have access to the food that we might have access to. So here's a question. After Halloween, because we all know Halloween's coming up, what's the big holiday after Halloween? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And what's your favorite food during Thanksgiving? Turkey. Cooper likes cupcakes. Who doesn't, who likes cupcakes? Can I see a hand of cupcakes? Me. So what we're going to do... Okay, what are some others? Mashed potatoes? Pie. Pie. Pumpkin pie, of course. 
Okay, mine's stuffing. Anybody else here love stuffing? Please, somebody be with, yeah, okay, good, thank you. And the gravy that goes on it, oh my goodness. Okay, so we're gonna do a special thing. And the reason we're starting now is we wanna gather as much food as we can for our friends who don't necessarily have as much food so they can have big Thanksgiving dinners like us. So we're gonna do what we call the Thanksgiving Drive. And we're teaming up with New York Common Pantry. Have any of you been to New York Common Pantry? I know some of you have, yeah. So we're gonna get a bunch of food to bring up to them. And how do you think we might collect that food? We, yep. We're gonna have a food drive, that is exactly right. So I need all of our kids, do we have any confirmands that can come over here and help out? Put you on the spot. Emma got thrown in by her sisters. I saw Brewster back there. I don't know if he left. Where's everybody? Come on up. Oh, here they come. All right. So what we're going to do is try to get all these bags out to all these beautiful people who are going to help us get all that food. So the thing is, if everybody could take one bag per family, that would be great. Just take a stack. Yep, you'll give them like one or two each. So you each, you each come on up, take one or two bags from these beautiful confirmands, and everybody else out here, raise your hand if you and your family have yet to receive a bag, and we'll get one in your hands. Sean, can you grab that stack, and we'll help do them. You can come this way, too. We have another stack over here, everybody. All right. Go ahead. Grab one or two and run with it. Yep. Here you go. Here you go, bud. Perfect. Yep. Either's. All right. Yep, you want to hand these to them? There we go. All right, everybody raise your hands if you need a bag. Come on over to Sean. And you go ahead, go ahead and take them out. Go towards the back, and can you hand some of those out for me? Anybody who's got a hand up, you go for it. Or are you going to keep one? Cool. All right, young ones, everybody head towards the back and try to get everybody a bag. Herding cats. So just as everybody's receiving these bags, we're gonna do this for two weeks. And you can bring them anytime between now and the 29th and bring them to the garden room. And we will store them all away and get them up to New York Common Pantry. But you can bring them with you to Sunday worship as well. There's a few more hands in the back. If anybody has a bag that they wanna give, go towards the back. Balcony, I think we'll just get you after the service. All right, just a few more hands, and then everybody, if you've handed them out, come back to the steps. We'll do a prayer, and we will go to Sunday school. Come on up to the stairs. Have a seat. I think we, there's one or two out there in the middle. You want to run to those hands over there real quick? You see them out in that middle? Go for it. All right, everybody come on up to the stairs, or, yeah? You can grab one more for somebody. Yeah, a couple more hands. Can we go ahead? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say a prayer so we can sing some more music and get everybody home. Come on up. Everybody come say a prayer. 
beautiful children of God. Come on up. All right. So I keep taking one of the prayers from the day school because I love this prayer, and I think we should all get it in our hearts and in our bones. So can everybody, everybody in the church, close your eyes, bow your heads, every adult, every child. Can every child listen to me? Ready? Please repeat after me. We thank you, God, for family and friends. We thank you, God, for this time together to sing and to pray. Help us to remember to share your love. Amen. Great job, everybody. And now you get to follow all your teachers to Sunday school. Thank you for being amazing. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Go for it.
Today's, today's hymn festival is called The Story of Salvation, and it follows the same theme that we have been hearing in our sermons this fall, the history of God's promises to us. We began with Abraham, and our next hymn was about the captivity in Egypt and Israel's deliverance from Egypt. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, is a great favorite of Presbyterians around the world, and it talks about the journey through the wilderness. That literal journey of the ancient Israelites is also a metaphorical journey for all of us today. The book of Exodus describes great hardships, hunger, thirst, fiery serpents, the feeling of losing one's way and not knowing where to turn. And it describes something that is familiar to us nowadays as well as to those ancient people. The feeling of turning away from God and doubting the truth of God's promises. But in that same hymn, we hear how God supplied manna from heaven, the bread of heaven that is mentioned. Our next hymn is about Jerusalem and the Holy Land, which for the ancient Israelites was the end of their journey through the wilderness. We are all longing for a heavenly Jerusalem, a Jerusalem where, as the hymn describes, we will experience endless joy and where all of God's people will experience endless joy together. So as we sing this hymn, as we listen to our anthem, O Pray for the Peace of Jerusalem, and as we go forth from this church at the end of this service, let us long for the heavenly Jerusalem and let us do all in our power to bring it to being.
In today's scripture passage and anthem text, the psalmist describes the peace of God's kingdom, a peace that will fill the earth, the sky, and the hearts of all people. The author of the Psalms, like us today, knew violence, bitterness, and hatred. Many of the Psalms convey those feelings in gut-wrenching detail. Some describe the emotions that we experience when we are the victims of violence. Others grapple with our desire to inflict violence on others in revenge. In the midst of a world full of violence and injustice, the psalmist gives us two commands, listen and pray. Listen to the voice of God that speaks to us of peace. And when that peace seems impossible, pray. There is no suggestion here that these things are easy or that they will instantly solve our problems. But when we have listened to God and prayed to God, we will better know how to act in the world for peace and reconciliation. Will you pray with me? Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Psalm 85, verses 8 through 13. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I know in light of the times that we find ourselves in, that anthem had special meaning for each of us today. And we find ourselves in moments when really the worst and hardest parts of the Bible are unfolding in the Holy Lands. And I know that your heart has weighed heavy as have mine. And I want to share with you some emails that I received this past week to help put into context where it is the challenges of the world and scripture come together as history replays itself. The first email is from Jonathan Miller, a rabbi colleague of mine from my time in Alabama. And this is what he wrote. My Jewish world was shattered. The Jewish project of modernity, the state of Israel, was breached by terrorists who marauded about in a paroxysm of cruelty and violence. If we Jews are indeed one people, as I know we are, the suffering of my people across the ocean is a dagger in my soul. We are all hurting. Even if my own children are not on the front lines in Gaza, or my grandchildren abducted perhaps forever in darkened tunnels, or my best friends burying their dead in hallowed ground never again to enjoy a beautiful day. The next email was forwarded to me from a former professor of mine at Princeton Seminary who lives in Israel. And this is what he wrote in the terrible day. I am in Ramat Hasharon, the high point of the Sharon Plain, and locked in as the war increases. The horrors are unprecedented, he writes. We are in hiding in our apartment, obeying the warning, stay at home, keep all doors locked. And then he sends another email. Just 10 minutes ago, I heard loud sirens and then four large booms and I had dashed to the elevator shaft. Horror brings us closer together, he writes. And then he says, to the south, south of me, I hear about barbaric acts that are even worse than those committed by Genghis Khan. And I cannot read the details that he has printed and sent in this email. They are too terrible. But all of the worst things that humans can imagine are indeed happening to the Israelite people. And then he concludes, please know, dear colleagues and friends, that we are safe. Our thoughts do not center on ourselves, but on too many. For the innocents always suffer. And he concludes by saying, please join us 
in loving even the unlovable. So these times are indeed just like the biblical world so long ago. And so we look to scripture to see how the people of God responded in those moments, even as we pray for peace to be secured quickly, that innocents and civilians will be protected. As my soul aches and as yours does, what is it that the people of God has always, has, have always done in such terrible times? Well, they have written poetry and they have turned them into hymns to sing, to bolster their faith. We sing hymns not only because we are filled with peace and joy, but we sing them precisely at the most difficult times to remind us that the steadfast love of the Lord indeed endures forever. And King David, when he was being beset on all sides, when his own people were turning against him, he wrote these words, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though a host encamp against me, I shall not fear. But he does fear. He does fear what will happen. And so he goes on and he writes, Don't forsake me, God. Don't hide from me. Don't cast me off. And these words from the Psalms are sung because they layer God's truth and God's love in a level deeper that merely speaking them cannot do. And so King David remembers that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And so he concludes that psalm by saying, Though war rise up against me, I will be confident. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, he writes. Be strong. Take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I wanted to share with you a piece of one other hymn, Von Guten Machten. It's hymn 342 in our hymnal. And it was written last century as a poem by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he wrote it in 1944 while imprisoned in the basement of the Reich Security Office because of his resistance. It was the last theological piece that he wrote before his execution. You will hear the choir sing the last verse as the benediction today, but I'd like to read to you the second verse that he wrote. Yet the old wants to torment our hearts, yet the burden of evil days oppress us. O oh Lord, give our scared-up souls the salvation for which you have created us. And then, that final verse that you will hear, he writes, By good forces, wonderfully sheltered, 
we await confidently what may come. God is next to us in the evening and the morning, and most assuredly on every new day. He was able to write these words, as was King David, because they realized, though sometimes a host encamp against us, the steadfast love indeed endures forever. And though at times we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear, because God is with us in Emmanuel, our Lord. Amen.
Friends in Christ, as we gather together as a community in prayer, we want you all to have the opportunity to offer your personal prayers confidentially. So after the service, uh, a member of the prayer partners team will be in the front of the sanctuary to pray with you, if you so desire. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are our rock, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Each day, you shower us with grace upon grace, with love upon love. This morning, we give you thanks for that, for the rising sun, for the laughter of the children in this sanctuary, for the friends and family gathered here with us today, for the wonderful music that rings out with your glory. We thank you for all of these things and for the grace that you express through them. Gracious God, God of life and resurrection and life eternal, we pray today for all of your children who are mired in violence. We pray especially for those in Israel and Palestine, for all of your children who have been killed. We pray that you welcome them into your open arms of love, into your promise of everlasting life. We pray, O oh Lord, for those who remain in danger Keep them safe, change hardened hearts, and bring an end to the violence that they cause. God of Israel, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, anti-Semitism is on the rise in this, your world. Once again, people are turning their hearts against those whom you have chosen as your own. Put an end to this hatred and this vitriol. Remind us all, Christians especially, that the Jewish people are your own in a special and irrevocable way, that through one of their own, you have saved the whole world. God of peace, you have prepared a kingdom of love for all people. We pray that you allow glimpses of that kingdom to shine forth in this world now. Break into our midst with your peace. Make this world reflect your peace. Make us instruments of your peace. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, the Jewish man from Nazareth, the son of Mary, the savior of the world. Amen. Friends, God has called us to be instruments of Christ's peace, to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Our time, our money, our talents, and our gifts, as members of Christ's body, we are to use all of these for the common good. So let us now heed God's call as we give back to God God's tithes and our offerings.
our last hymn, Joyful, Joyful, actually, please note, is not number 376 as printed in your order of worship. It's, in fact, number 464, 464. As we sing this hymn together, we prepare to leave this sanctuary full of joy. As we do so, we may well ask ourselves, how can we go out rejoicing into a world that contains so much evil? Henry Van Dyke, the minister of Brick Church who wrote the words, calls us victors in the midst of strife. We are victors, no matter how terrible the strife around us, because God is with us and has provided salvation for us. Yes, we may have pain and sorrow, but God has promised to comfort us. Yes, it may seem impossible to make a difference in the world, but God has promised us strength. Yes, evil exists, but God has promised that we can overcome it through God's provision. So, as the hymn tells us, let us be joyful. Not joy as in a superficial happiness, or in an easy and self-satisfied way that ignores the needs of others, but full of the deep joy that is ours, even in the midst of strife, a joy that stems from the good news that God has redeemed us and is with us always. And let us share that profound joy with others until love divine truly reigns over us and joins us all in heaven's plan. Let us sing together hymn number 464.
seated. As Paul tells us in his words of scripture, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We do grieve for the state of the world and we do pray, especially for innocent civilians in Gaza and Israel, and we pray that the Lord will protect them. But we remember that the ancient words of scripture restore our confidence and remind us of the presence of God. There was an archeological find some decades ago found in a place of deep and awful history, even before Israel emerged into the promised land. And that awful history carried on for many centuries. And the archeological find was two small amulets just a few inches long, and they carried a message of hope for the people who were experiencing hardship there. It is the ancient words of blessings, the priestly blessing. And so now hear those words, even as the people of God have heard them for thousands of years in hard times. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious unto you and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace from this moment on and forevermore. Amen.